I want you to take your Bibles and go to 2 Samuel chapter 23. And in praying about this morning and all that, I I think I just want to encourage you and get your faith built up this morning. uh, and, And here's my prayer, that it would be that so many of you, even here this morning, would experience a breakthrough. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, breakthrough. Um, it, it's, a, it's a common word. I think we're using it a lot and all. And, and, and maybe even for some of you who might need several breakthroughs in several areas of your life, but that this season, this coming season in your life, would represent a breakthrough season. How many know we just got to break off of some of the old stuff and break through and, and see God move on our behalf? Come on, amen? And so, and also, not by the way, just a season of breakthrough for you, but also a breakthrough for the church here, for Life Church. Uh, and, and, he want, and, and not only for just this church, but I believe the church around the world. He wants to see a breakthrough. Uh, I've been very busy since I've stepped down. Uh, and I'm working with a friend of mine, Rick Seward, over in Singapore, and I'm doing MFI stuff, and I'm, I don't even know all that I'm doing. But uh, uh, in, in, with Singapore, we're, we've got, right now, I'm overseeing, let me see, that we've, we've planted a church. We've got a team up in Edmonton, uh, Canada. We've got a team in Antigua. We've got a team in Trinidad. We've got a, three teams in Mexico. We've got a team in Cedar Rapid, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and we've got a team in Chicago, and we're planting churches in every one of those areas. A lot of activity, a lot of things going, and God's doing a breakthrough in, in this moment and in this season in time. And uh, even talking about the church, maybe at, at another time I can speak to that more directly, but this morning I believe God wants a breakthrough for each of us. In fact, I believe it so much. Turn to your neighbor and say, your breakthrough is coming. Go ahead, just tell them that. Your breakthrough is coming. Yeah, there you go. All right. Anyhow, there's no clock on the back wall here at this church, so I guess I can go for as long as I need to. Um, (laughs) Let let me take you to 2 Samuel chapter 23, starting at verse 13. I want you to see something here, and it's just really good. Starting at verse 13. It says this, Then three of the thirty chief men went down, these are the men of David, went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. I just just love this. Listen to this again. The three mighty men broke through. Come on, amen. The camp of the Philistines drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it, brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Now, now this morning as we look at the word, it's obvious in my mind when reading this that God has a plan and a purpose and has decreed and declared many things for our lives and even for the life of this church, for our life, for my life, for your life. But between, and you know this, what God desires 
And what God has planned and what God has decreed, what God has declared, there is a discrepancy between his decree and what is actually taking place in our lives. Come on, amen? Do you understand, as we move even into what God has for us this year, the remainder of this year, where Pastor Michael and Dieter are taking us, where God sees we should be, the place we should be occupying, what God's plans are for each one of our individual lives, it's a far different picture than where we are actually at. Now, why is that? Joshua verse one. You don't need uh, Joshua one verse one. You don't need to turn to it. He commands Joshua and all of Israel. He says, "Go and arise and go into Jordan and possess the land." They were just sitting there, if you remember the story, and he challenged them to arise because they were sitting there and had been sitting there for quite some time, because there were areas they needed a breakthrough in before they could actually rise up and go and take the territory that God had already decreed was theirs. And I believe this morning that before any of us can keep moving forward in 2014 and beyond and be and do all that God has called us to be and do, God needs you and I to have a breakthrough moment. Areas of breakthrough that will cause us to rise to the next level and go into that next uh, sector of, of uh, promise that God has for us. In fact, when you actually look at the story of David's life, you realize this season in David's life, when you think about it, it should have been the greatest time of celebration and blessing in his life. It was the time of harvest, the story tells us. According to the word, harvest is always the greatest time of blessing. This should have been an outstanding moment in David's career, in his life, in his journey. And God is painting a big, great big spiritual picture here to help us understand what's going on. It was great harvest time. There was great water at the gate of Bethlehem. In fact, the word Bethlehem itself means city of bread. And, and not only all that, but David if you remember, had been made king over all of Israel. It's the greatest time of blessing that there could possibly be. Come on. He had just been made king of Israel when this story happens. But something, obviously, is definitely wrong here. It's a time of harvest. It's a time of great blessing. It's a time when Bethlehem is a house of food. And it's a time when David has just become king. But, and the Bible says David is now finding himself in a cave in a dulem, A den, a hole, a cave, whatever you want to call it. See, God decreed for his men blessing, harvest, prosperity, Food, water, I mean, God decreed great things. He even decreed for David kingship over the whole nation. But the devil did not want David to experience what God had decreed. Do you understand God has decreed great things over your life? He's got a great plan and purpose for every single one that is sitting in this room. I don't care what your age is has no bearing. Until you drop dead and stop breathing, he still has a great plan and purpose for your life. 
But how many know the enemy does not want that purpose to be fulfilled? And the enemy came against David to stop what God had decreed. And David needed a breakthrough. And I just want to say to each and every one of you, as I begin this morning, there are things, i got to repeat it, there are things that God desires for you, for your life. There are things that God has already decreed, listen, that should be in place by this point. There's blessing, there's greatness, there's expansion, there's that God wants in different areas of your life, but the devil does not want you to experience any of that. And he will come, just like the armies of the Philistines, to put you and I in a cave, to put you in a den, or to hold you back somehow. But God's desire for us is breakthrough. Come on, amen. Boy, by this time at my place, they'd be running an aisle or something. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. And he wants you to attain what he desires for you. Now, there's four things, if you're taking notes, that I'm going to leave for you. And Where's the gal that came to me about PowerPoint? These are, I could have given her these, and I forgot to do it, but you'll, you can just type them in as you go or whatever. You're so good. Number one, as I already said, God has decreed blessing or harvest and greatness of you. Let me give you some verses, and I'm going to move very fast with these. In 2 Peter 2, 4, you remember what it says? It says, he says he has great and precious promises for us. Jeremiah 33, 3, it says there he wants to do great and mighty things for you. Ephesians 3, 20, if you remember, he wants to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6, when you read it, the summary of that is he wants to bless you in every way possible. That's the God we serve. I mean, he's just looking for ways to bless you. These are just a few of the promises God's given us. His word is full of promise. And how many know each promise is to you? It's not just me or your neighbor, it's for you and for every area of your life. Your personal life. Bondages. He wants freedom. Your family. Come on, is everything all right? Then it's not what God has decreed. Come on. Your job. Your workplace. Your community. Your ministry, the list goes on and on and on. If there's a problem in any of those areas, I can assure you that was not what God decreed or declared for you. He's decreed blessing and greatness and harvest and prosperity in every one of those areas. Well, it's just you don't understand my spouse. No, God knows your spouse. He created your spouse. He created marriage. Amen to that. Won't go down that road, but... He decreed blessing. Come on, prosperity. And these are not only for you, but for, they're for the whole church as well. When you're blessed... I, I, can I tell you how this works? I've been pastoring too long. When you're blessed, the church is blessed. 
When your church is blessed, your community is blessed. Come on, amen. Now here's number two. If that wasn't good enough, here's number two. This is going to get you, but we're going to get good here in a second. Number two, the devil tries to stop you. Over and over again, Satan has tried to stop God's plan. There have been men and women down through the ages. You can read about them, not only in the Bible, but our history books for the last 2,000 years that have been given great promises by God. They had been born for that very moment in time in history, just like you and I are, but the devil tried to stop them. But many of them succeeded in gaining their reward and advancing the kingdom because they were men and women just like you and I, come on, who had to experience for themselves a breakthrough moment in order to achieve. Even the devil tried to stop Jesus, if you remember, from carrying out the redemptive plan for mankind. But Jesus himself had to have a breakthrough moment. And in the same way, God has decreed greatness and blessing for every one of us. God has decreed greatness and blessing, you got to know this, for this church. Come on, amen. But Satan is not happy with that, and he will always try to stop it. And as you look at Joshua and Israel that I, I mentioned earlier, what God did... What did, what do you think about this? What did God say to Joshua? He says to him, I love this, what are you doing sitting here? Fear not, do not be afraid, arise, get up, and go and possess the promised land, listen, that I have already given to you. Why are you sitting around? Move into what has already been decreed. Move, Joshua, into the blessing. Move into the greatness that's already been declared. Move into that, all that I have destined for you. Get up from where you're at and go and have a breakthrough moment and get moving. But when you read the book of Joshua, you realize they didn't just waltz in. Because the enemy didn't want to give up what God had decreed. So they had to fight their way in to the promised land every step of the way. But God had already told them, everywhere your foot treads, I'm going to give you that land. So you've got to have some kind of breakthrough going on in order to possess the land. I will be with you, he told them. I will go before you. Yes, the enemy will fight you on this because he doesn't want to give up the territory. But if you will move in, Joshua, and have a breakthrough, I will give you the victory. Oh, my. And in the same way, can I just help you a little bit? The devil will fight to take away your harvest. Yes, he will. God has a harvest for you personally in 2014. God has a harvest for this church yet in 2014. Now, I'm just going to help wise you up a little bit. The enemy will fight that. 
you start something with a van ministry, the van will break down. Or something else. You go, well, so much for that ministry. No, you got to rise up, get the thing fixed, find someone to push it, whatever, but we're doing this thing. Because there's a harvest connected with it. Or whatever, I make it up as I go, but you, you understand what I'm saying. It's always going to have the enemy fighting to take away our harvest and blessing. What does the story say here in Second Samuel? They were assembled in the valley of Rephraim. The, the Philistines, think about this, put the picture in your mind. They're, they're pitched, they're tents, they're occupying this valley. Now, what is the valley of Rephraim? It is known as the valley of giants. It's where the Philistines fought Israel, in fact. This is the area that Caleb, back in Joshua's day, had always conquered. It was the land of giants that everyone, everyone is afraid to touch. And Caleb had, hundreds of years before this event, had gone in and conquered this area. But now the Philistines have come back to reoccupy. It's the same area, I would remind you, where David had slain Goliath. That's where the enemy always came. That's where they had notoriety, the enemy did. That's where they had a name. That's where they were able to always inflict fear into the people of God. Yeah, we're camped out here again. Yeah, we're giants. And so they had assembled in the valley of Rephraim, the valley of giants. And it happened also, it's always this way, to be one of the most fertile valleys for agriculture in the whole region. It's, it's like the agricultural belt. It's where the greatest harvest was all around that area, and that is exactly where the enemies camped. In the place, think about this enemy, the arrogance, in the place that God had decreed for blessing, that's where the enemies camped. Can I tell you something you've got to know if you want to break through? Get ready. Now get, get this. This is a rule. It's always going to happen this way. Always. It never changes because we know the enemy. The enemy always sets up his battleground right at the center of your blessing. He always does. He's not setting it off in the periphery, in the bushes somewhere. He's not setting it off into something you don't really care about. He always sets up his camp right at the place of your blessing. The enemy has his command post right in the middle of Bethlehem. The house of bread, the house of food. He's right there. And not only occupying the city, but he's crafty. He also closed up total access to the water, which is at the gate. <laughs> the devil will set up his command post, his headquarters, right at the place of our blessing every single time. Why? Because the devil wants to keep us in the den. The devil wants to keep us in the cave, in the hold. When it should have been a time of blessing and expansion and celebration for David, the enemy has him in a cave. The cave at Adullam was a cave, a hold, a, a sealed off place, a fortress, but as a defense position. Not an offense, but defense. And he was cut off from the harvest. He's cut off from the blessing. He's cut off from being king. He's cut off from the water. He's cut off from the food. The devil does not want you to advance. 
do you understand that the enemy is fighting you? He wants you on the defensive. He wants you found in the cave. And I want to tell you today, there's areas even in your personal life, God wants to bring a breakthrough in. Come on. There's areas in your personal life God wants you to experience, maybe for the first time in your life, victory over that area where, you're not, where you've never experienced it, but the devil has set up a stronghold in your life and you need a breakthrough. He wants to stop you from moving forward in your family life, in your relationships, in your harvest, even in your personal life. I'm not here to point a finger at you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to talk about your sin. You know your sin better than I do. I know mine. But those areas need a breakthrough. They keep us from doing what God's called us to do, being what God's called us to be experiencing the true blessing of God. Come on, amen? I know all that is. You sin and you go, oh, well, God can't use me. I just got this thing and it just happens and blah, 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 blah. There's a breakthrough for you. He always sets up his command post right at the center where God has decreed blessing. This is the identifiable spot when we need a breakthrough. It's the, by the way, listen, it's in the area of our weakness. The enemy knows your weakness. He knows those areas. And do, do you all find this? Uh, don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. <laughs> but do you find that he always sets up shop in headquarters right at the weakest points? He knew that one of the weak areas for Israel was fear of the valley of the giants the devil knew that bethlehem was in a weak place so he went in there and took it he knew that the house of bread that's where the best water was so he took that and if they were to set up a command post there they knew they could intimidate israel into believing that they could take anything here's number three god wants to give you a breakthrough in 2 Samuel 23, 16, that we read earlier, let me revisit this with you. We read that three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines. They broke through, now, now think about this, and, and that was in four verses, five verses that we read, and you get this whole thing happening. You've got to sort of peel this apart to understand it. They broke through every single barrier that the enemy set up. Now, you need to catch this. These stories in the Bible are not just happenstance. But in, in, even in each region, each area, each man, God shows us a natural event to help us understand what he wants for us in our spiritual and our natural lives. First of all, these three men, watch, broke through every single area of the enemy. They broke through every barrier. First off, they broke through the armies that were pitched in, with their tents in the valley of Rephim. They break through all the army that is camped out in the whole valley. And they keep going and keep breaking through that camp until they get to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is the command post. And they break their way through 
the command post. Now, now this is huge. But they don't stop there. You think about these three guys. Once they get past the command post, they keep breaking through until they break through the gate at the main entrance. It's right out in the open. It's the main gate where people would come to draw their water. It's the main meeting place of the entire city. And there at the gate, just on the other side of the gate, is the well, the fresh water. Everyone can see it. Everyone knows it's there. It's out in the open, and it's guarded by the enemy. And so they have to break through the armies in the valley. They have to break through the command post in Bethlehem. Then they have to break through the gate. And then they have to overcome the enemy at the well in order to draw the water. These guys are not stopping. These guys are in a terror. You talk about breakthrough. And right there in the open, they draw water out of the well. And then what stuns me about this, I know this, they've got to then break back through the gate, break back through the command post, break back through the, the, the enemy camped in the valley of Rephraim to get back to the cave of Adullam with that glass of water. Carrying the water all the way through, fighting. David asked for a glass of water. We're breaking through. Come on. That is the picture of what God wants to do for you. He wants to bring you breakthrough through every, say the word every, every barrier of the enemy until you grab some water out of the well. <laughs> this is a good story. Now, what were they actually doing? I want you to get this picture. They weren't just going in and grabbing something. Get this. They were going in and taking what was already theirs that the enemy had stolen. That water... That glass of water is mine. Thank you very much. And we're going in and getting back our glass of water. How dare you, enemy, keep us holed up in a cave and in a den and on the defense, away from our blessing, away from our harvest, away from the prosperity and the promise that God's given to us. Who do you think you are? That water in that well, that cool, refreshing, ice-cubed water, that's my glass of water, and I'm getting my glass of water. Come on. Oh, I'm making all of you thirsty now, I know it. But do you understand how important that is to get that in your mind? That is not the enemy's. That water, that well, that gate, that city, that valley, even the cave, it's not the enemies, it's God's. And it's God's people's because he gave it to them. Come on. We walk and talk and live 
on the defense. The valley was theirs. Bethlehem was theirs. The well at the gate was theirs. And that gate was The hardware on the gate was theirs. That doorknob is mine. That's exactly what they were saying. The hinges on the door, they're mine. And that water's mine. And the enemy had stolen it. Bethlehem was Israel territory. Not Philistine territory. This tells me that the enemy is intent on stealing your blessing, stealing your harvest, stealing your food, stealing your water, stealing your prosperity, stealing your peace, stealing your joy, stealing your relationships, stealing your marriage, stealing your children. They are not his, they're mine. They're his. Who were these men? My God, who were these men? Two of the three men are named Abashiah and Benaniah. I've got a little grandnephew that's named Benaniah. Abashiah, listen, means father of a gift or a chief gift. Benaniah means to build, to obtain from Ah or from Jehovah. Abishiah, I'll tell you this, killed, it's recorded in the Bible, he killed, didn't go into a lot of detail, 300 men at one event. He's talking to Eldon about clay pigeon shooting. I like to shoot guns too. You talk about killing 300 men at one event, that's a, quite a number. That's a Medal of Honor winner. Benaniah, this guy was off his rocker, Benaniah was. This is a guy who happened to spot a lion in a pit in the middle of winter where there was snow and the lion's in the pit and Benaniah thinks to himself, what's that lion doing down there? That's my pit. And he jumps into the pit in the snow and kills the lion. It's, it's in the, I don't know why it's in the Bible, but it's in the Bible. Just to show you what kind of mighty man this guy was. The lion's not going to live. Don't care if it snowed or not. These are the kind of men, people that God wants us to be in order to have our breakthrough. Fearless, God-filled, God-anointed, purposeful, full of fight. Come on, amen? Last point, number four. Yeah, we got good time. Bringing, God brings breakthrough. Second Samuel verse 5, verse 20, 23, 16. Both of this event is listed in both places. When you examine the word breakthrough, in fact, let me read this to you. Second Samuel 5, 20. Let me just show it to you. It says this, just so you get the idea. David went to Balperez. And David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord, listen, has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. When you examine the word breakthrough, it is interesting to note that there are several nuances of that word. Each nuance, each definition carries its own connotation, its own facet or point of breakthrough. 
And the reason I bring this up is because sometimes we just take the word breakthrough at face value, but I want you to get your, your definition expanded a little bit in your mind so you understand what kind of breakthrough might be needed in your life. One of these nuances will fit what you need for your breakthrough today. Listen to some of the, some of the definitions of breakthrough. One of them is make a breach. In other words, it means to, think about this, it means to open a way never possible before. A brand new way. How many know sometimes God wants to take you on a, on a, on a whole new path that you never even considered before, but it's going to be your breakthrough moment. Another concept of breakthrough mean, is, is found in the words rip up. To just rip something up. It means to remove the old thinking, the main barriers. Sometimes you've just got to rip some things up. Come on, amen. Just sometimes you've got to make some big change. Another kind of phrase is win or conquer. In, in other words, in fact, I, I like this one probably one of the best. It means win to the point of conquering. You know, uh, we just celebrated June 6th, the 70th anniversary of D-Day. It was interesting. Eisenhower, and I like history. I read history all the time. I'm reading a biography right now by Doris Keene on uh, Roosevelt during that time. But it's interesting that Eisenhower did not think in terms of just invading and getting France reoccupied with allied forces. Eisenhower's whole intent was we're going to win there, but we're not going to stop until we totally, completely conquer and annihilate the enemy. We're going all the way to Berlin and taking Hitler out. We're not stopping at the border. We're not stopping just on the shore. We're not just stopping in the first few cities and then trying to figure out what to do next. Once we get over there, that's what he told the guys, once we get his generals on that beach, we don't stop until we go all the way. Come on, amen? In other words, when you have a breakthrough coming in your life, sometimes we stop short of total conquering. Come on, don't stop short. Don't stop in the valley and go, whew, that was enough, I can't do anymore. Don't stop in Bethlehem at the command post and go, those two things, that, that, that took it out of me. I, I need to rest. I'm almost burned out. You're not burned out. You're, you're, you're just getting going. Don't stop at the gate. Don't stop until you get the water. And then don't stop until you get all the way back and, 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 uh, and do the mission. Come on, amen. You've got to conquer all the way. Come on. It's very important you hear this this morning. You've got to win to conquer. You've got to win all the way. Here's another one. This is really interesting. The word hatch is a breakthrough word. It means to birth or bring in new ideas or new ways. Another word uh, phrase is break forth. Instead of breakthrough, break forth. That means to move into new dimensions, something maybe you haven't considered before. Some of us, oh man, I, I, I don't think it's any of you, but I, I tell some of our leaders, I, I meet people that are 30 and 40 years old that talk about, I'm so tired, I can't hardly stand it. You're, you're 30 years old, for heaven's sakes. What are you tired about? And, and, and sometimes you just got to move into a new dimension. Come on, amen? And, and whoo, well, that's another sermon. Another phrase is open a way. Provide for new direction and new methods. Each one of these have a little nuance to them. I open a, a new way, a new thought, new process. Uh, another word for breakthrough is to grow. Uh, growing enables progression. 
Man, how many of us too often, too often, and this is common in church and Christianity, we meet the Lord, we get filled with the Spirit, we get water baptized, and then we absolutely stop growing. We stop being discipled. How many know you, you're, you don't stop being discipled until you stop breathing? No, you really don't. My great-grandmother lived to 105 years old. I can remember as a young man, as a young pastor, going and visiting her when she was 102, 103, she would still go into her bedroom every day of the week at certain time of the day and lay herself prostrate down, prostrate, prostrate down right on the floor on her, on her front side and hands outstretched and praying to God. In her prayers, she would be praying for kids that were living. She, she led, except for my grandmother, who was a believer all her life, she, my great-grandmother had five other kids. She led every one of those rascals to the Lord on their deathbed. They, they knew better, but they lived a rotten life, and they're a bunch of rascals. And whether they made it or not, I'm not sure, not my business, but she led them to the Lord. And, and, but she would pray, Lord, I just love you. I'd hear her. She, she was a worshiper. That's, I think, where I get it. She loved to worship God, and she would go, Oh, Lord, I love you. I praise you. Lord, just change me. Just change, transform me. Conform me to your will, Lord. She's 103. I'm thinking to myself, at this point in her life, she's got it. She ought to have it. But she understood that God still wanted to do a work in her. Come on. She still had room to grow in Jesus. Come on, amen. There was more that God wanted to speak to her and do in her. It doesn't stop until you die. And yet we cut ourselves off. Yeah, I was filled with the Spirit 1,400 years ago, and I spoke in tongues at that time. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. No. And we get sort of real, well, the, the Bible calls it we're like a, like a stiff, Read, you know, uh, we don't bend easily. We're 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 almost a weed sticking up. I'm not going to move. Well, that's all right. You go ahead. You're not growing anywhere. You're not going anywhere. There's no breakthrough coming for you. You don't even know you're in the battle. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, here's the last word: increase. That means it enables expansion. Do you know God wants to give us more? He really does. He wants more people to be saved in this city. He really does. It's going to take a group of people that say, we're believing for a breakthrough. We're going to contend for a breakthrough. We're going to get the mind of the Lord, the will of the Lord, and we're going to determine where the enemy's camped, and that's right where we're going. Wherever it's the hardest, that's where your blessing is. Don't you love the story of, uh, of Matthew Barnett out in L.A.? at the Dream Center, opens up that place down there as a young man. I mean, he's just a 20-year-old with a big dream. Goes in the middle, the heart of, of South L.A. Takes over an old hospital. Right in the middle of, it has, I mean, any one of us in this room would look at that and go, uh-uh, not me. But he knew that's where God had called him. He knew that was the place of blessing. But if you think for a moment that he waltzed in there and just opened up that hospital and all the money flowed in and people came knocking at the door and, oh, yes, Brother and Barnett, just help me, and I'm a Christian now. and it, It's been a fight from the beginning. 
fight for the money to get the place, fight the city who doesn't want him there, fight the people who he's actually wanting to help. Come on. But he knew right there, the hardest spot perhaps, that was the place of harvest, the place of blessing, the place of prosperity, the place of expansion, the place that God had called him to. The enemy was strong. The enemy is hard. The enemy's got a lot of strength and a lot of fear that they can emanate. But my God is bigger than all of that. Come on, amen. Now, I got to tell you this morning, somewhere, somewhere in your life, there is a cool, refreshing, wonderful glass of water waiting for you. God's already decreed it. God has already declared it. God has already set it into motion. He knew about you before you were ever born. He had a plan for your life before you ever were conceived. He knew all about what was going to happen. He knew when you were born it was going to be that you would be living in, in uh, June of 2014. He knew all about the circumstances. He knew the economics of the circumstances. He knew the politics and the military of the circumstances. He knew all about it. He knew about Al-Qaeda and all that. Whatever fear you got running, he knew about Republicans and Democrats. He knew all about that. That had nothing to do with God and his plan for you. Come on, amen. He knew you'd be in Bloomington. He knows all about what's going on in Bloomington. He, know, he knew you'd be a part of Life Church. He knows all about that. He knows what he's declared even over Life Church and the plan he has and the purposes he has for this church. He knew there'd be a transition in pastors. He knew all about that way before that ever took place. That was already planned out by God. That was not a decision of Pastor Phil. That was a God thing. He knew all about that. He knows all about the, all the groundwork, all, the, all of where the the tents are pitched. He knows all about them. He knows all about Bethlehem being occupied. He knows all about the gate being shut up. He knows that the well is being guarded. It does not bother God. All he's wanting you to do is have a breakthrough. And this morning, I'm telling you, it's a breakthrough moment for us. Come on, amen. Whatever you need this morning. Maybe a healing this morning. Maybe a healing in relationships. He knows about your marriage. Dear one, he knows about your children. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. He knows exactly where they're at right now. He knows exactly what they're doing right now. He's not dumb. He knows everything. But he wants a breakthrough for you. And you're going to, at the place where he wants to bless you, that's where the enemy is, but that's also the place of your harvest, your expansion, <laughs> your prosperity. And what God has for you. You ready for a breakthrough?